the quality of loving kindness, metta, comes up very frequently in the chanting. Metta sahagatena, I will abide pervading one quarter with a heart imbued with loving kindness. Or the Metta Sutta, this is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness. So, um, may I abide in well-being. Oftentimes, Metta is presented as a, a, an individual practice, Metta Bhavana. And that certainly can be cultivated as a deliberate exercise. And there are different ways of doing that, different ways of bringing the quality of loving kindness to heart, to mind, and uh, spreading that out around uh, within oneself and around the world in a systematic way. And there are many Dhamma teachings, uh, different presentations, uh, on different retreats, different Dhamma books describe this kind of methodology, how to spread loving kindness. And metta is not just a, a uh, an individual separate kind of practice, but rather it's most helpful to be understood as the as the ground, the underpinning of uh, all Dhamma practice. So it's a, an attitude of mind, a, what they call a sublime attitude or a divine attitude that is the, the background, is the basic relationship of the heart to all experience. So I feel it's most helpful to understand metta in this kind of a way, not as a special individual technique or practice, but rather the uh, the ground attitude, the basic attitude of heart that will lead us to liberation, lead this life to its fulfillment. When we recite the words of the different chants that we do, or we look at metta bhavana as a particular practice, as a, a quality of, of radiance, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, radiating kindness over the entire world. So there's a very definite outgoing quality benevolence, well-wishing. So that's, I would call, the expressive aspect of metta, the outgoing. But to cultivate metta as a, a basis for all Dhamma practice, whether it's concentration or insight or uh, sitting or walking meditation, mindfulness in daily life, 
along with that expressive aspect, the outgoing, there's also the receptive or the, the that which is which is receiving, takes in, taking in, accepting. So just like the breath of our body is comprised of the inhalation and the exhalation, the in-breath and the out-breath, metta is also comprised of two dimensions, the receptive and the expressive, that which takes in and that which spreads out. So the receptive aspect of metta, uh, Tanajan Chiu was talking about uh, yesterday, this peaceful coexistence, or also Lumpur Sumato would use the, the phrase, not dwelling in aversion. I like to use the words radical acceptance. This is a quality of open-heartedness, ready to receive this moment, just how it happens to be. It's a sunny day with blue skies and puffy clouds, or it's a rainy day. Everything is wet and soggy. Here it is. It's like this. A body free of discomfort, at ease, relaxed, or a body with aches and pains, injuries, illnesses, a headache that won't go away, an injured knee that is constantly painful. Here it is. So radical acceptance as the uh, receptive, the uh, intaking aspect of metta. I feel this is really the heart of that quality of loving kindness, the open-heartedness, Chai Guang, the, the heart is wide, is open, is ready to accept exactly the way things are in this moment. And just as with the breath, it's the inhalation, the in-breath that brings the oxygen into the body that keeps us alive. The out-breath is uh, dispelling, letting go of the unnecessary carbon dioxide. It's the in-breath that is the life source. That's what brings the oxygen into the body to keep it alive. So I would suggest that with metta too, it's the radical acceptance, that open-heartedness. This is the life source of loving-kindness. This is what really... embodies that attitude that is in tune with Dhamma. And one of the difficulties with metta is translating the word as love, because love in English, rak, kom rak in Thai, uh, 
implies that we like things. We like this person. We like this country. We like this kind of food. Uh, we like this music. I love my country. I love Thailand. I love England. I love uh, Thai food. I, I love my fellow Sangha members. But love, as embodied in metta, doesn't necessarily mean liking. It's bigger than that. So we can be kind to things that we don't like. If we have a, a, an ache in the body, we can't like it. We've had a headache for three days. We can't pretend that we like that or that we're glad that it's there, but we cannot make it into an enemy, a satru, as a, a Tanajan was saying last night. It's not a, an enemy. Here it is. So when we talk about metta, we're not trying to like everything. And this is a, a point Lumpur Sumato would make over and over and over again uh, in teaching about metta bhavana. Loving is not the same as liking. Because we can have love, we can have an attitude of acceptance to things that are completely unlikable. A three-day headache, a difficult family member, uh, whether that's unbearably hot or unbearably cold, things that are not likable, a taste that is very uh, bitter or off-putting. We're not trying to make ourselves like the unlikable, but recognize everything has its place in nature. So we can have genuine metta for a, a headache that's been there for three days. We can have metta for our restless thoughts, for the fungsan, kind of confusion and busyness, agitation, anxiety in the mind. We're not trying to make ourselves like it, but rather to Acknowledge, here it is, in this moment, it's exactly this way. Now this is a, a profound difference. Metta is not trying to make ourselves like everybody that we live with, everyone in our family, everyone in the world, but we can not hate. We can not make people into enemies or problems, burdens. That we can do. We can be kind towards that which is unlikable with complete sincerity, honesty, wholeheartedness. So in the cultivation of metta, we have metta for our own lustfulness, our own sense desire, our own anger, our aversion, jealousy, laziness. Well, things we can think of as kilesa, kilet, 
defilements there can be metta for all of that not that we say it, they're beautiful or they are likable or we're glad they're around but here they are here is lustfulness here is jealousy here is anger aversion here is laziness dullness and doubts confusion here it is so in the cultivation of meditation sitting practice walking practice as we endeavor to concentrate the mind when the, say you're making the effort to focus on the breathing and the mind the attention gets distracted caught up in a memory in a, a sound that we hear in that moment of recognizing that the attention has been caught wandered away with a, an attitude of great kindness great patience let go of whatever it is the mind has grabbed hold of invite the attention back to the rhythm of the breathing it's like taking care of a young child a restless two-year-old that wants to jump up and run around over and over again patiently kindly with a a big heart we gather them in sit them down help them with the, the lesson that, that they're learning maybe they're, they're teaching them the the letters ko kai ko kai a b c very patiently very gently very firmly they sit them down pick up the pencil the crayon put it in their hand help them to make the letter so just like a loving parent is patient with a restless child in the same way great kindness great patience we work with restlessness doubt sleepiness agitation so we're using a method based on kindness patience so the result of that effort will be peaceful if we make our our thoughts our distracted mind into an enemy into a problem we try to force it to behave like a parent shouting at their child or hitting it being angry with the child forcing it to obey the child cries the parents angry and upset everybody loses painful all round the walking meditation dealing with the rain feeling the sense of heat or stickiness and sweat on the body here in the hall sitting still aching joints 
when the mind moves towards an object and makes it into a problem, into an enemy, a satru. Notice that. Work with the attitude. Here is a sound. Here is a sensation. It's like this. It's not an enemy. It's not a problem. It's just a pattern of nature that's taken shape and is being experienced here and now. We can coexist peacefully with that raindrop running down our neck or that thickness in our throat from the cough. Sweat on our skin in a hot, sticky room. Here it is. If we use as a peaceful means, uh, a kindly means based on Dhamma, the result will be peaceful. Cause and effect, hate pon, they are united. If you use a peaceful means, you'll get a peaceful result. If you use an aggressive means, trying to force the mind to behave, criticizing yourself, hating yourself for being a bad meditator, stupid person, the crazy mind, that negativity, that forcefulness, that aggression necessarily will have a painful result. The means and the end are unified. The hate and the porn, the cause and the effect, they are unified, connected. So in our practice, then, one of the important things is getting a feel for this quality of kindness, of metta as an attitude, an open-hearted acceptance, radical acceptance. So we're not trying to pretend that we like everything. Also, acceptance doesn't mean approval. Accepting our lustful states of mind or our angry states of mind doesn't mean that we approve of them or we think it's a good or beautiful thing. Having metta for people in the world who are destructive or cruel, dishonest, doesn't mean that we approve, that we are glad that they act in that way. But here it is. So acceptance does not mean approval. It means in this moment, it's this way. With respect to our mind states, then metta is the ground, is the basis, but it, it, it then informs or is informed by satipanya, mindfulness and wisdom. So that open-heartedness is the ground. Here it is. Here's an unwholesome mind state, restless, angry, critical. So here it is. But then when the attribute 
of mindfulness and wisdom, Satipanya is brought to that, recognizes this is unwholesome, this is unskillful. If this is followed, it'll be painful here, painful there, everybody loses. Therefore, let go. This is something to be allowed to cease, not to get rid of or to annihilate, to destroy, which is just a desire to get rid of, vibhavatana, but rather to re recognizing this is unskillful, therefore let it cease, let it end. Let go of it. If what is recognized is something wholesome, the mind is concentrated, as a, a quality of, of uh, friendliness, kindness, peacefulness, then that is known, that's recognized. Here it is, accepted in the same way. And then Satipanya recognizes this is wholesome, this is beneficial, therefore let this be strengthened, let this be sustained. Well, this is what is called the development of the, the basis of, uh, of effort, the samapadana, the, the great strivings or the, the skillful way of exercising effort, the aspects of samavayama, right effort effort that's in tune with Dhamma. So the basis is metta, we accept whatever is here. And then informed by mindfulness and wisdom, there's a choice. So these four aspects of right efforts, effort that's in tune with reality, first of all, the effort to restrain the unwholesome from arising is the intention to live skillfully, practice meditation, keep the precepts, be unselfish. So the intention, the effort to restrain the unwholesome from arising. The second one, if the unwholesome has arisen, if there's an angry feeling, a restless feeling, a dull feeling, a confused feeling, lustful feeling, then again there's that recognition of this is unwholesome, this is unhelpful, unskillful. So there's the effort to let go. Pahana. Let go. There's then the, the third one is the conscious cultivation of the wholesome to concentrate the mind, to cultivate loving kindness, to brighten the mind, energize the mind, to consciously develop the wholesome, 
to invite that into being, strengthen it. Bhavana is to cultivate, develop. And the fourth aspect of right effort is anurakana, to sustain. If there's concentration, there's, that's recognized, and there's the effort to sustain it. If there's awareness, clarity, brightness of mind, that's recognized. There's the effort to sustain it. Oh, these four aspects of right effort, restraining the unwholesome from arising, but if it, uh, the unwholesome has arisen to let go, the conscious cultivation of the wholesome, and the conscious sustaining of the wholesome, if it has arisen, all of these can be cultivated, worked with, completely free of self-view, free of I and me and mine. That's why they are samha, in tune with reality. That's why they're aspects of the Eightfold Path. If the kinds of subtle craving come into the picture, bhavatanna vipavatanna, then this is the appearance of the I, me, and mine. I mustn't let my defilements arise. I want to get rid of the chattering thoughts in my mind. I need to get rid of my jealousy and restlessness. That's vibhavatanna. I've got to stop this from happening. I've got to get rid of this problem. I have to wipe out my defilements. I need to become concentrated. I need to get inside. I want to become a stream enterer. Vibhavatanna, the desire to get rid of. Bhavatanna, the desire to, be, to become. So these very easily slip into the heart. The habits can be very, very strong, powerful. But they don't need to be followed. The heart can be free of these habits. So as we work with the mind, developing concentration, using the rhythm of the feet, the rhythm of the breath as reference points. Notice, whenever there's that I, me, and mine feeling arising, I've got to get rid of this. I've got to become that. Notice that. Don't make it into an enemy. Notice it. Feel it. Let the awareness of that have its effect. So the letting go comes from the heart in a natural, responsive way. It's not me doing my letting go. I've got this. I should let go of it. But rather, aware of that self-creating habit. Aware of that. I've got defilements. I have to get rid of them. Feel that. Know that. Let the awareness have its own effect. So the letting go happens just like a 
a raindrop falling from a cloud. It's like a leaf dropping from a tree. It's not personal. It happens according to nature. This is not easy work to do, but what else is there to do? <laughs> the simplicity of our life, the, the rhythm of our days, people keeping silence, keeping the precepts, having the routine of formal practice, all of this is extremely supportive in helping this, these habits of mind to be recognized the eye-making and mind-making. To know those habits, to see them, to feel them, and to train the heart to respond by being awake to them and then letting go. Letting go of the unwholesome. And when that letting go, when the grasping has stopped, notice how this feels. What's the quality of the heart? When the grasping stops, know that directly. There's peacefulness, simplicity, spaciousness. And for a moment, no sense of self. When Lumpo Cha was asked to define how he understood Nibbana, what he saw as Nibbana. What he said was, Nibbana is the reality of non-grasping. Whenever the grasping stops, the heart is free of that grasping, clinging, upadana. There's peace. As the taste of Nibbana, the fragrance of Nibbana. Notice that. Notice the peace and ease that's in the heart when the grasping stops. Very simple, very direct. Nothing mysterious. Now, this quality of metta as a foundation is also in this way closely related to contentment, santutita. Being at ease with the way things are in this moment. Here it is. It's a basis of contentment, also of, of insight, of uh, the quality of vipassana. Because in order to have insight into the nature of all experience, it has to be accepted first. Like focusing a, a camera, you have to focus the lens in order to see what the, the picture uh, is on the screen. Otherwise, it's just blurry, indistinct.
So metta is like that tuning, that focusing of the lens to receive what's here in this moment. Pleasant, painful, neutral, expected, unexpected, coarse or fine, wholesome, unwholesome. Here it is. Then having that basis of acceptance, seeing the picture of this present reality clearly, then the quality of insight, seeing the nature of experience as anicca, dukkha, anatta, as transient, unsatisfactory, non-personal, that can be cultivated. But metta is the ground, is the basis for insight. There has to be an acceptance of the way things are before the fabric, the structure of the way things are, can fully be appreciated. So opening the heart to this present moment, that supports contentment, supports wisdom and insight. It's the ground of, of uh, so many wholesome, beneficial states, the ground of progress in the Dhamma.